Hello and welcome to This is the Greatest Song I've Ever Heard in My Entire Life. I'm Scott Interante and today I am here with Annabelle, the founder of That Good Shit. Annabelle, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Really grateful, really excited to be here. Yeah, well, I'm excited too. You know, this is a show about the music we love and why we love it. And, you know, you're involved in so many different ventures, but they sort of all focus around celebrating music and creating community with music. So uh, I'm excited to dig into all that with you. Let's start, though, with That Good Shit. What is it and uh, how did it come to be? Yeah, so That Good Shit is my brand slash company slash community that I created. It began at the beginning of 20. 21 because I started making custom playlists for people. I'd always been someone who made playlists for family and friends. I gave playlists as gifts. If I had a crush, I would like make them a playlist. And this was a point when I had started making TikToks about music and I started gaining a little bit of an audience. And so many people were asking me to make them playlists. So I figured I could make this into like a cute little business. And so that's how that good shit began. And as it kept growing, I started just expanding the branding. I started making merch that said, I made you a playlist on it. And it's grown from there into a blog. We have an Instagram where we share album reviews and artist profiles. And then we also started putting together shows, more specifically artist showcases. So we've done over 20 of them in our first year, which has been like insane. Yeah, it turned into a just a big, beautiful entity all about sharing music and building community through like our shared love of music. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting because our show often you know, we're talking to people about their relationship to music and, you know, the sort of the first time they really felt this strong connection to music and and the role that music plays in their life and their identity, all this kind of stuff. But, you know, you're kind of coming at it from a perspective of like celebrating the role that music has, not just individually, but as part of a collective and like the way that music can help shape a community. Yeah. I mean, even from childhood, I grew up with two parents who really loved music as a really strong memory I have is I went on a family trip to Europe with my dad and my stepmom and my little brothers when I was about 16. And my dad made one playlist for our trip and played only that playlist the whole time. So we all got to enjoy it together. And then when we came home, we would put on the playlist and we'd talk about the memories we had from those songs. So that's like a really strong memory I have connecting me to music. But in the larger sense, in terms of community, like I was growing up in LA. So I was in close proximity to a lot of the LA hip hop scene. Um, I would go to a lot of house parties and we'd all like turn up to YG and like that kind of community aspect around LA hip hop was like so special to me. And um, as I got older, I started going to a lot of shows. I got really into like the kind of like beach goth music scene, which was like the growlers and the drums and all that. And I had friends I would go with to those shows. And as I got older and I just became obsessed with going to concerts, the main reason I was so obsessed with going to shows is because in the crowd, I would sense that everyone around me was having a really special individual experience with their relationship to music. And at the same time, we were all experiencing that together. So there was like a cool togetherness and knowing we were all experiencing the music and experiencing something special, but it was also like each in our own way. So I just loved, always loved being surrounded by people in a musical setting because it was just like such good energy because everyone was having a good time. Yeah. I love the story of your family like creating a playlist for a trip. My, my producer, Catherine and I, uh, our friend group, we like live all in different States. So 
we try to schedule trips where we go and usually we'll like go to a random city and see a concert and we'll like all build a collaborative playlist for that trip. And so it's like this fun way of us like all sharing, you know, we, we like have a lot of overlap in our musical taste, but it's always nice to get like a little of the outside of the Venn diagrams, right. To like share on this trip. And then that's what we'll listen to the whole trip. Just the, the same way. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm curious the way you think about curating these concerts, these events that you're talking about. And obviously now that we're sort of, I don't like to say post pandemic, but like in the the place in the pandemic in which we're all going to shows again. Um, But like how you think about curating an event like that in a similar or dissimilar way to like putting together a playlist. Yeah. So I think starting that good shit out with curating playlists really cemented the idea in my head when we did start doing events that it was all about the music, the order of the music, the vibe of the music, and just like a playlist, having that cohesiveness and flow. I wanted to translate that into in-person events because that's what people love so much about my playlist. And I've been to so many shows. I'd seen a lot of lineups where it's like, oh, the first like opening artists are okay. Like one or two of them is pretty good. And then there's like the big headliner. But I was like, where are the shows that are like a playlist where like each artist is in there for a reason and they are like ordered to flow a certain way. I just hadn't experienced a lot of that. So the first event I was aiming to do coming out, quote, air quote, (laughs) out of the pandemic, right, was in, I think, like, August of 2021. And it was going to be a house party. It wasn't originally going to be like a show. I was living in Eugene, Oregon, college town. Mm -hmm. And all the frats played the worst music ever and I had not been to a single party with good music that wasn't like a crappy EDM remix. So I wanted to put together like a house party for the music lovers. But like a few days before the event, I got COVID. And so I had to cancel it. I was heartbroken because I was like, I was finally going to be able to do my first in-person event, but it just wasn't meant to be. And it's okay. I ended up moving down to LA, which is where I'm originally from. Um, like, closely after that and then our actual first event was October 2nd of last year so we just passed like one year since our first show and it was definitely strange for a lot of reasons being in the middle of a pandemic you don't know if people are going to come out at all you're obviously worried about like safety measures and vaccines and masks and like how how am I gonna make this event accessible and welcoming and also safe you know so that was that was a challenge and I'd also just never set up an in-person event before I had no idea what I was doing like I didn't even know how to take the first step so I started with what I knew which was bringing together artists that I was passionate about and I had a lot of friends who were excited about what I was doing so I I had friends flying in from Atlanta to perform I had like a friend flying from New York to perform and I ended up partnering up with uh, someone named JR who runs a company called Serendipitous Music. We partnered on the show and that early on taught me that like having a partner for throwing an event was like a really important thing. So yeah, we like threw it together. It was at a really cool DIY venue that my friend Vita put together where she painted the walls and decorated the whole space. And we ended up having like a good 50 to 80 people there, I'd say. And it was pretty successful. And yeah. every event from then on was really just building from the knowledge of what we learned from the event before. Learning how to market an event. Like, I feel like marketing events has changed since we've come out of like the primary lockdowns of the pandemic it's a lot more digital and 
it takes like a different set. Like you have to get people excited in a new way. I feel mm-hmm. like than before COVID. So oh, yeah, I mean, we're all so used to finding fulfilling or whatever you can call it entertainment at home that like you need even more of a reason to like get out and go to a show or something. So it's really cool that you're putting together like really thoughtful events where it's not just great artists, but like you're talking about like decorating the venue and like having the right kind of vibe and the atmosphere and and just making it a more of a holistic experience, you know? Thank you. So I know you've been doing that good shit as a show for Spotify live, where I believe you're interviewing a lot of artists and other people in the music industry. How has that been? It's been really fun. The idea was originally brought to me by my good friend, Justin, who he's been wanting to do something like this for a long time. And we do it every two weeks and we essentially bring on an artist or a couple artists paired with one or a couple like young music industry professionals. We've done like artist and manager duos a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And I've really enjoyed getting to hear different stories of artists, how they came up to where they're at, their personal philosophies, and then also hearing the perspective of other young people like on the back end, like managers and curators and stuff like that, just hearing their perspective on things and where they're at. I think it's really cool to get a snapshot of who's going to be like leading the music industry moving forward. And more recently, I've been really, really obsessed with the Broken Record podcast from Rick Mm -hmm. Rubin and Malcolm Gladwell. And since I've been really binging that podcast, it's brought like a whole new layer of meaning for the Spotify live show for me. Just hearing how deep and detailed and emotional Rick Rubin and Malcolm Gladwell are able to get with artists. It definitely has inspired me to use my podcast or the Spotify live show just to like dig even deeper with these rising artists and give them the same kind of like insight and care and consideration that you would give to like an interview with a legend, you know, because I feel like artists of every level deserve to have that kind of like care and interest in who they are. Yeah, absolutely. So before we move over to talking about the song you picked, I just have a playlist philosophy question because you mentioned something earlier. Are you strictly no shuffle on a playlist? No, I'm I'm pro shuffle if you okay. want to shuffle. A lot of my playlists that I make for that good shit, I will be like, you can play this in order or mm. shuffle. Right, right, right. Yeah, I feel like it's it, it's a different thing. Like, you know, when I was talking about the collaborative playlists that my friends and I make, those are like designed for shuffle. Whereas sometimes you make a playlist, I feel like you should be able to set on Spotify like no you're not allowed to shuffle this one, you know? That would be, I would love if there was like an anti-shuffle button where yeah. you ban shuffling the playlist. So I definitely have some where it's like, it won't make any sense if you listen to it out of order. Right, so I think right, it right. depends on on an individual basis of what the playlist is. But, you know, I definitely feel like uh, having a playlist in a specific order can really elevate the experience in a very important way. Yeah, totally. Okay, so with all of that in mind, Annabelle, what is the song that makes you scream, this is the greatest song I've ever heard in my entire life? The song that is the greatest song I've heard in my entire life to this day is Green Eyes by Erica Badu. I can't leave This is such an interesting pick in a lot of ways. So I want to talk about it, but I also just want to talk about like how you came to this decision because most, almost all of the people we've 
interviewed on this show have said it's a really arduous process to decide what the song is. And I feel like you responded very quickly. You were like, oh, no, no, it's definitely Green Eyes by Erica Badu. Was this like an easy choice for you? Such an easy choice because A, like people ask me about my favorite song, like, all the time as part of like my job but I just have never felt so deeply about a song before like every time I hear the song it blows my mind I am discovering new things about it every time I listen like it's the most it's the, it's the best song that's literally ever been created in my yeah. eyes yeah well it's cool because it's this epic it's 10 minutes it's almost like a suite of three songs it's to me, like distinctly non-playlistable, which is why I thought it was like an interesting pick for you. Like I can't, I, I feel like it'd be very difficult to put this on a playlist because of its length and structure. Yeah, I definitely love that about the song. I think like it stands alone as such a beautiful story. Like if I got one song for the rest of my life, this would give me the feeling of multiple songs. Like mm-hmm. maybe it's even an EP in, in yeah. one song it's like uh i've only put this in a couple playlists and it's almost always like the closer because right, it's right. like you can't follow that song up you know it's a uh, it's really unique in its structure it's unique in its sound and i don't know i think like i also just have a very strong personal connection to erica badu like she's a pisces and i'm a pisces <laughs> and i've i i just feel like a very deep connection to her music so this song specifically it's it's been with me through a lot of really important moments in my life and it helps me navigate like new situations every time they arise I always find myself returning to this song and it just gives me a lot of like wisdom and peace it's really grounding for me yeah did you get into Erica Badu like early do you have you always had this strong connection with her music I did not get into her early I actually I learned about Erica Badu well I always like listen to her in passing she's around right. she's a legend you know but uh my junior or senior year of high school I had this friend named Juan Miguel who was one of the most just like passionate talented incredible singers I've ever met in my life and when we became friends all we would do is hang out and show each other music and we were driving home and I remember like exactly where I was on this drive home like next to the five freeway north in LA right by the valley and like he turned on this song he was like oh have you heard Green Eyes by Erica Badu and I said no and we listened to the whole thing in silence and I just uh that was the first deep introduction I had to her mm-hmm. and after I heard that song I was like I'm just I need to listen to every song this woman has ever made and ever since then I've listened to all of her music I've seen like like every interview I've seen her live three or four times and I'm so much more aware of how important she is now as just a figure in music so uh, I definitely wasn't early to her but I can say now that I'm just an enormous enormous fan <laughs> yeah is there something I mean obviously the size and scope and structure of the song makes it stand out but is there something about either the music or the lyrics that maybe makes you gravitate to this more than any of the other songs in her catalog that you could have picked for this? The lyrics really do it for me. Uh, I think the way that she describes the ups and downs of an interpersonal relationship is so applicable to friendships, romantic relationships, family relationships. Mm -hmm. And so I find like, kind of like I said earlier, whenever I'm dealing with something in my own life, there's a certain part of the song that I know is going to help me like navigate that relationship I'm dealing with in my life. So I definitely think it's the lyrics 
I don't know. I just think the flow of energy she has throughout the way there's moments that are more intense. There are moments that are more soft. Uh, Mm -hmm. I get chills just thinking about it, man. I don't know. There's just like an essence. There's a there's magic in that song. Yeah, (laughs) it's dealing with these really big, heavy emotions, the sort of, you know, jealousy and trying to move on from a a love or, or whatever kind of relationship. Right. But there's also a kind of lightness and playfulness to the whole thing. Right. I love the line where she says, silly me. I thought your love was true. Change my name to Silly E. Badu. It just adds this kind of like lighthearted touch to something that could be like a kind of morose, like heavy ballad, which could have also been great, right? But instead, she makes it this kind of playful thing because, you know, we all relate to this. We all have jealousy or unrequited feelings and different aspects of all kinds of relationships that we have. And she makes it so matter of fact and kind of lighthearted in an interesting way. Yeah, it feels really real. I feel a lot of big emotions and I have a lot of trouble putting them into words so much of the time. And so I love like sad songs with enormous big feeling metaphors, but the way she's able to simplify it into like silly little things like that just makes it really digestible for me. And I don't know about you, but like sometimes when I'm really sad, the best way for me to describe how I'm feeling or move through it is to like crack a joke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I just love the way she's able to, you know, express in that way. Yeah, well, thanks so much for coming and talking to us about this song. I like love connecting with people over music. This is my favorite thing to do in the world. So if you if you also find, you know, a joy in music and being around people who also love music, no matter what the music is, you would definitely love that good shit. We like strongly believe in like community over industry. So it's really all about know how we can lift each other up with the resources we have and so yeah that's pretty much it this has been a really wonderful time yeah thanks so much it's been a a pleasure having you where can people find more about uh that good shit and and the other stuff that you do online yeah so you can find me on instagram that good shit is at that good sht um my personal instagram is annabelle klein with two e's at the end you can also find that good shit at thatgoodshitmusic.com you can also find me on tiktok talk at Annabelle Klein where we do a lot of fun stuff on there as well um that good shit is always announcing new shows we're doing a lot of interviews so keep up with us we're we're pretty fun cool well thanks so much and hopefully we'll talk more soon definitely thank you all for having me I appreciate you Thanks for listening to another episode of This is the Greatest Song I've Ever Heard in My Entire Life. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a rating and review. That really makes a difference. And why don't you share it with someone, a friend, an enemy, a lover? And be sure to follow us on social media at Great Song Pod. That's GR number eight song pod on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter. Get in touch with us and tell us the uh, greatest song you've ever heard in your entire life. Special thanks to Catherine and Izzy who helped co-produce the show, to Skylar Spence whose song Kratos in Love is our theme music, and of course to you for listening. I look forward to talking to you next time.